1: It is 1700 hours central african time right here on africa digest where we give you news from an african perspective hello welcome to the program my name is I'm broadcasting to you live from johannesburg and you can find us on 9625 kilohertz that is on the 31 meter band if you're in southern africa i'm with Chola metulo with and musibu dimakura your top stories zimbabwean elections are targeting younger voters to ensure more credibility 44 countries of the African Union signed the African Continental Free Trade Area Pact in Rwanda. In economics, Nestle works with Kenyan farmers to increase land under coffee cultivation after a drop in production over the years. And in sports, Manchester United announces plans to form a women's professional team after being criticised for lagging behind their rivals. Chola is here with your news.
2: Thank you, Spumanele. Good afternoon. The East African Trade Bloc Intergovernmental Authority on Development, IGAD, has announced that the next round of talks aimed at reviving South Sudan Peace Agreement will take place in Ethiopia at the beginning of next month. The talks were suspended five weeks ago after South Sudan government representatives, as well as top officials representing rebel leader Rick Machar and leaders of nine opposition parties reached a deadlock. The deadlock revolves around governance and security arrangements in a transitional government expected to be formed next year in Africa's newest nation. James Shimangula reports.
3: The East African Regional Trade Bloc, IGAD, has not set a date for resumption of talks that are to pave the way for reviving the peace agreement that collapsed more than three years ago. However, IGAD says in a statement that the talks are to resume at the beginning of next month. According to the statement, the talks will be preceded by a meeting to be held this coming Monday, the 26th of March. The meeting will be attended by EGAD Council of Ministers.
2: South Africa's Home Affairs Department is said to launch an investigation after it was discovered that some staff members have tampered with biometric security equipment at the Bait Bridge border post in Musina in the Limpopo province. This means that immigrants can enter and exit the country without fingerprint identification or without their pictures being properly checked at the border. During a surprise visit to the border post, Home Affairs Minister Malusi Kikaba, accompanied by senior officials from his department, says this poses a serious security threat.
3: It is a a security risk because when we introduced the biometric capture equipment we wanted to ensure that we have full knowledge not only of the names and passport numbers of the people entering the country but of their biometric details should we seek
4: them for any particular reason including should their biometric details be found on the scenes of crimes and and so it poses a security threat for the country we are going to launch a full-on investigation into the matter so that the people
3: involved can be taken action against
2: the World, Arth- the World Health Organization has reached out to 16 African nations, including South Africa, to help them better prepare and respond to a outbreak should it spill over South Africa's borders. About 180 South Africans have died and just under 1,000 infected since the beginning of the outbreak as a result of contaminated ready-to-eat meat products. The country's health authorities recently declared the source of the outbreak as the food factory enterprise in the city of Polokwane. All enterprise products have since been recalled WHO representative in South Africa, Dr. Rufaro Chatora, elaborates.
3: What we have been doing is to share information first about the outbreak here in South Africa but also about listeriosis itself, also guidance on how to investigate and to confirm and what to do once there is a confirmation. We are going to also hold a technical workshop with technical people from the countries so that we can have a more like one-to-one discussion with the experts so that they know what to do.
2: The United Nations Human Rights Council is later as rather is on Friday expected to debate four resolutions on Israel's accountability for its systematic violations of international law. This follows a strong message sent by the by african countries to the international community that Palestinians' right to self-determination, justice, and freedom must be realized. Speaking during the Council's 37th session in Geneva, the 54-member strong African group, Togos Oswami Afo Salifu, has called for the immediate end to the Israeli occupation of Palestinian land and life. It also called for the blockade imposed on the Gaza Strip and its over a million citizens to be lifted and an end to all forms of Israeli-imposed collective punishment on the Palestinian people. And finally, at least six people have been killed in an explosion at a chemical plant in the Czech Republic. The BBC reports that the blast happened uh, about at a Unipetrol facility in a town north of the capital, Prague. The cause of the explosion is not yet known. Unipetrol says a fire broke out in a storage tank and that there is no further danger. For Channel Africa, I'm Jolani Tulo.
0: Africa Digest You're listening to Africa Digest
1: It is 17.06 Central African time. Thank you very much for choosing Africa Digest. Now, Zimbabwe will hold crucial elections in either late July or August. Previous polls under the government of former President Robert Mugabe were widely discredited as being unfair and rigged to favor the rulings on PF. But the country's new leader, Emerson Mnagakwa, is promising a transparent vote. Electoral monitoring groups say there has been an upswing in young people registering to vote, in part due to social media campaigns. The BBC's Shingai Inyoka reports on the, follow, on the growing influence of the country's youth in election
3: to all my new Facebook friends. The I picture is grainy and
1: his delivery slow and
0: cautious. At 75 years of age, Zimbabwe's new president Emerson Mnangagwa is playing catch up with social media.
3: I encourage you all to message me your thoughts.
0: It's part of an image overhaul to modernize what some see as an aging Zanu-PF party leadership. <laughs> Elections are just months away, but the rulings on the PF Party Youth League have already started campaigning, with catchy hashtags like ED has my vote, a reference to Mr. Mnangagwa. District Harare. Harare. a high school student, has just turned 18. She's at this voter registration center, one of the voters that Emerson Mnangagwa will try to woo. I think with the recent transition of
5: leadership um, I feel like maybe I have a say more. I'm feeling very excited. I feel like perhaps if it would have been maybe 2008 I, and I turned 18, I don't think I'd
2: have been quite excited to vote, but I feel like now my my vote can make a change and say something. Age plays a very big part in being a president, I think. As an older person, you may be able to understand a situation better and look at it from a different perspective. Most of the people
0: registering to vote at this centre in central Harare are the youth. Statistics show that their numbers on the electoral roll has grown by about 15%. It's an important development for a group that have often been accused of being politically disengaged. For the first time, millennials will have the real power to influence the outcome of the elections, and the youth are already setting the agenda in the tone of the campaigns. Some members of the main opposition movement for democratic change want a younger leader to take the party to elections. Nelson Chamisa has just turned 40. He says, we can't have a country led by men that are too old to use a plow when the youth are there. His campaign is being supported by a group of former university students under the hashtag generational consensus. Mwobam Lambo is an unemployed university graduate and he's leading the campaign.
3: The
6: basic uh, idea behind our movement, these are our own social struggles as young people, our own lived realities. Questions of unemployment, questions of economic uh, marginalization, questions of political exclusion in political processes and key decision-making bodies. The question of unemployment, the question of sustaining a, and leading a happy life, pursuing a happy life, has been suffocated by the past generation.
0: Zimbabwe is shuttling towards one of its most highly anticipated elections. Millennials are hoping that for the first time They say regarding their destiny will carry the day.
1: The report was done by the BBC's Shingai Nyoka. Now, representatives of 44 of the 55 member countries of the African Union have signed the African Continental Free Trade Area Pact in Kigali, in Rwanda, yesterday. The signing ceremony took place during the 10th extraordinary session of the Assembly of the African Union. The deal envisages that the free trade zone to be created by participating countries will boost inter-African trade, estimated at 10% at the moment. The AU hopes that the deal will also speed up the process of a single currency for intracontinental trade and free movement of Africans on the continent. For more on this, we're now joined on the line by author of Africa's Open for Business, Victor Khomeyesuan. Hello and welcome to Channel Africa.
6: Good
1: <laughs> <laughs> hello um now let's before we we find out what the free trade area actually yeah. is um this single currency that was spoken about even at the times of Muammar Gaddafi um yeah. will it ever happen will it ever happen what is the
6: currency i'm sure it will happen but currency remember is the language of money is so If your money speaks its own language and every country has its own language of money, no. Because remember, when you agree on a currency, you don't just commit to what you call your money. You agree on fiscal policy. In other words, are we going to be going overspending or understanding? Are we going for a fiscal deficit or what? What is the inflation target, monetary policy? Mm -hmm. What is the planning? What are the exchange regulations we need? What are the dispute resolution mechanisms? You know, so who are our trading partners, preferably? Do we have a matrix that we can say we share priorities on? Those are the aspects that go into a single currency. Do we have an infrastructure, legally, policy-wise, and in physical terms, that will allow us to do business with one another, so that when you turn the corner and say, I'm Spumelila, I've got one unit of value in this economy called Africa, the person in Egypt agrees with you. The person in Sierra Leone agrees with you. Until that has happened, no.
1: Mm. Um, and also, there's also the issue of um, what different African countries trade as well, which also then sometimes is linked to um, to that currency that we talk about. Like, for exactly. example, um, the South African one might be linked in the mineral resources that South Africa has. Um, some countries have coffee, etc., etc. Precisely, and
6: that's kind of central planning will come in. Central planning doesn't mean we only do one thing. It means if Spumalan runs South Africa and it's rich in minerals, then we in, 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 in Sierra Leone are going to say we are rich in other minerals. The, the Ghanaians are saying we are doing coffee. So when we build a factory in West Africa, because Nigeria, Ghana, and Ivory Coast are top three producers of cocoa in the world, we are counting on even Spumel in South Africa to buy our chocolate. He can't be now going to Switzerland to get another company to come and build a chocolate factory in his own country hoping he will export to us because then we're going to clash. So it's when we have come to that point where we agree on our, we have unified our aims and then we have strategized together that we can have that single currency because then it will be meaning we speak the same language of money.
1: Uh, so this a uh, free trade area. Let's say I am sitting in the peninsula area of Dar es Salaam, and I make caps. How is it going to afford? Uh, uh, how is it going to affect me? Um, I make caps that one would wear on the ha- on the head.
6: At the moment, Pumalele, uh, Tanzania. You mentioned the, the I know exactly the Bay area you're talking about. You actually made me know stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but if I'm making caps, there at the moment, I'm restricted to Sasani Beach. I can sell to people who are going to Zanzibar. I can sell to tourists who are coming. If they buy a certain volume of my caps, they are going to start being asked And they get into Kenya, which is a neighboring country, or Rwanda or Uganda. They are going to be asked, why are you carrying 100 caps in your luggage? Then you're going to say, well, I want to sell them. And then they're going to say, let's tax them because they are from Tanzania, right? Mm -hmm. Which means your market is restricted to the people who can be trading with you within the the political boundaries of Tanzania, right? Because, as you know, when you're driving on any roads from LL, you come across a roadblock, there's a risk that somebody's going to ask for a bribe, right? Now, imagine if every time you move from Tanzania, you drive into Zambia, and then into DRC, and then into Congo, Brazzaville, you're going to have to have so many borders. Without an agreement Correct. that we have one trade area, and when you cross the border with your 100 cats from Dar es Salaam, nobody will ask you questions because they know. As long as you can prove they are from an African country, they come in duty-free, right? Right. Since now you can get your bag and go into Kenya and sell and come back, take more, get into Uganda and sell and until you have your market which is bigger so africa has 101.2 billion people if your market is open because all the borders are open for duty trade it means your hundred caps now can become eight hundred thousand caps and you still not have enough caps to sell and that's what the benefits of this are but as you said it when you open very correctly we have to plan centrally and agree on what the priorities are so that Spoon doesn't produce caps in Sasani Beach and I'm producing caps here and we are all hoping Mm. to sell one another. (laughs) You produce your caps. I produce the labeling of the caps and somebody else produces the buttons or whatever it is that are going to be used and we sell to one another. But now I'm no longer making labeling for 100 caps in in Sasani Beach. I'm making for 800 million caps because that's how big the market could be. 1.2 billion people is a lot of
1: time. Mm. Nigeria says they haven't signed because it's going to uh, take away jobs. Um, Do they have a leg to stand on here?
6: Yeah. They do in the sense that the lack of joint planning means everybody's going to look out for their interests. So I think what Nigeria is thinking, if we just sign this, the countries like South Africa that have systems might end up just dominating us and trying to sell us what they produce without us being able to sell. Just think back. South Africa and Nigeria and the diplomatic standoff where the Nigerians trying to get a visa to South Africa end up taking months.
1: Without yes, correct.
6: If you're a Nigerian business person, you have 160 million Nigerians. South Africans can come in and flood your market with a lot of goods and until you have an agreement on what the priorities are, I think that is the point. There are other reasons for me it might be that Nigeria is part of ECOWAS, Economic Community of West Africans. Uh Which is not as advanced as compared to, say, maybe East African Community. So what happened exactly was the Nigeria Labour Congress complained and said, do not sign that. Now, Nigeria Nigeria Labour Congress is a very powerful organization. Think of COSATU in South Africa when COSATU was COSATU. It was very powerful. If you complain to government about doing something or not doing it, the government would listen. But I am not happy that Nigeria has not signed because they are way too big for us to ignore. At the same time, mm. if President Buhari says, let me consult sufficiently, I wouldn't blame him. Otherwise, we have to remember anyway, at any rate, that he had Boko Haram to worry about. Remember, this man was out of office for more than eight months at one point being treated. So I don't think it's anything other than that he has had way too many domestic issues not to be able to be part of the ECOWAS discussion. Because this free trade is bringing ECOWAS, EAC, Comesa, and SADC. So if you have not been that active in the trade matters of your own region, chances are you'll be feeling left out. But he's not the only one. It's just that because of the size of Nigeria, he will stand out.
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, Let's talk about that. Um, You mentioned briefly that's because of um, the South African economy and what it looks like. Um, It might be too advanced. South Africa and Nigeria, for example, um, have half of Africa's GDP. Um, uh, Are things not going to be, let's say they both eventually um, come to the party and uh, get behind this deal. Um, Are things not going to favor Nigeria and South Africa who together um, are half of Africa's GDP?
6: Nigeria, in the end, the deal won't work for Melalee if Nigeria doesn't support it. Let's just be clear. 20% of the African population is Nigerian. So, you you can imagine, if you if you leave Nigeria out, you're like a guy who's writing an exam out of 100, but there's a question that is 20 marks and they don't know anything. So, already they are writing out of 80. They must get a pass mark out of 80. The best they can do is get a very simple and impressive score. So, South Africa and Nigeria are leading economies and that's why they must work together. Then you bring Egypt into the equation, you bring Kenya into the equation. These are like big boys in the club. They have to work together a whole lot more and collaborate amongst themselves and say, we are leaders of the regions where we are. What can we do to make sure that when the discussions happen within ECOWAS, within COMESA, within SADEC, within EC- within EAC, we have a position that affects the rest of the continent, taking advantage of the sophistication that all four of us have attained. At the moment, I don't think those bilaterals are happening, because instead we have a standoff with one another. We have a standoff with Kenya, we have a standoff with with Nigeria, we have, well, Egypt so-so, because it's part of the Arabs. So it's when those large economies work together that we will succeed. Think about it, you are in a class, Mm. there are four big boys who are always fighting one another. That class will never have order. (laughs)
1: All right. Um, so the next step is Mauritania now What's going to be happening there?
6: Mauritania, well as I say I don't quite know which countries did not sign Because I did not have a What
7: shall
6: I say, I didn't have the list of these countries I don't think it's available as yet But Mauritania is one of those countries I think they have 2 million people And (laughs) minerals that can service the whole of ECOWAS And that's the third thing about Africa That countries with minerals often have political stability problems. And remember Mauritania to the north shares a border with Algeria. No, no, Morocco, rather. And Morocco has the instability of Western Sahara. If you go west, I mean inland towards the east, you get into Niger or Chad or all those countries that are part of the instability. And the country itself has problems of its own. So, I don't know, and, and, and that's the thing, by the way, with ECOS, there are way too many countries that have a small population, lots of minerals, which with respect to the people of West Africa, have been too much attacked by colonial interest, foreign colonial interest. Some of these battles you see in these countries, most of them, in fact, let's say, are not about local issues is local issues being manipulated by external
1: influences. So, uh, Victor, let's talk about that, the politics in Africa. Um, For example, Burundi did not go to Rwanda, saying that they, um, because of the animosity between Burundi and Rwanda. Um, And you also have then issues of turmoil in in certain parts of the continent. Um, So, will this deal really work when we still have those problems? And countries that neighboring countries but don't really get along
6: yeah no burundi let's let's deal with burundi quickly president gurundziza knows nose deep down that the reason he didn't go to Rwanda is that he has got problems back home that he must deal with and those problems are caused by him because he wants to go for the third term convincing himself that is the second term so he, I, I don't think he must now make up a story because there is no truth in what he's saying he did not go to Rwanda because Rwanda is housing a lot of his own refugees, which he created a problem for. Mm-hmm. But the essence of what we can generalize, politics is, is not about politics, it's about money.
7: When, yes. when you
6: see people getting into politics, they wanting money. They want access to the resources. <laughs> the one thing Africans as a collective must do is to appreciate that all the civil wars that have been fought on this continent, whether it's Sierra Leone, whether it's Liberia, whether it's Congo-Brazzaville or Congo itself, it's Zimbabwe, there was some rich man at the heart of it who was driving all the conflict. Because while we are fighting, it's easy for them to take away the minerals in return for weapons. That's the simplification that I can give you. Now the wisdom of Africans has to come in being wise to that reality and starting to one agree that they are not going to allow foreign interests to fuel wars amongst us and hold one another accountable. Do You remember that the African Union somehow wanted to support the withdrawal from the ICC because they were saying it's targeting Africa. So if ICC is targeting Africa, then let's have our own court in Africa that will solve African problems. Mm. Strengthen our institutions as a region, make sure that nobody can step out of line without being sanctioned, and then we will get our act together. You want an example? Last year, around January, there was a president in a small country, West Africa, called the Gambia, who lost an election, yes. hadn't been in power for 27 years, uh-huh. and he tried to resist. And who took him out? It was the economic community of West African states. They said to him, We're giving you a deadline to be out of office or we are taking you out. Now, that's what you need, Pumelele. Teeth in these regional economic blocks that you know you can have with the African solutions for African problems that we keep talking about. Otherwise, we will remain foreign nationals and colonial masters. Football, they will play us until your grand-grand-grandchildren don't know which side is west or east.
1: Mm, um, let's bring in those former colonial masters and maybe those that didn't colonize Africa, Africa does um, trade with other countries around the world, what will then this new economic um, uh, rather this free trade area mean for those countries, you might be talking about European countries, you might be talking about China,
6: Yeah, European countries more than 200 billion No more than 200 billion, uh, so uh, what is it, no more than 200 million euros in trade that is happening. In fact, that trade will benefit. Because think about it. At the moment, 73% or so of our exports to Europe are extractive minerals. The same to China, the same to the West, everywhere else, right? So we are exporting minerals without beneficiating them. Am I right? You are Those correct. Yeah. come back to Roslyn, where we have BMW, we have Nissan. They go to East London, where we have Mercedes Benz. They go to Uitenhage, where we have VW, and they go to Durban, where we have Toyota. They are used. They are they are products that go into the cars. Again, we manufacture the cars here and we export them. The result is we sell minerals cheap. They come back as auto converters or so a whole lot of other electronic components we assemble cars here because our labor is cheap here we export but the problem is we are exporting mercedes-benz but it's not a south african company exporting it's a german company so by creating the free trade amongst ourselves first of all we will find a way of saying if we are buying a million cars every year but are owned by germans is there a chance that we can collaborate amongst ourselves Mm. take some of that value chain and bring it here So that, yes, we continue to have German cars, but at least 40% of the value, the inputs, are assembled or manufactured here. Because, after all, they are done with our own minerals. But if we remain fragmented, what happens? They call an economic partnership agreement. Economic partnership agreements are bilaterals, say, between the European Union and Kenya. Kenya goes to the European Union and says, I sell you roses, so I want a deal that will make it favorable for my farmers to sell to you. That looks attractive if you take a small-minded approach as Kenya. But Kenya, with 37 or 40 million people, cannot stand up to European Union, which is a lot of countries that have got a lot of money. So eventually, the trade with those European countries will be continuing. Actually, it will grow, but it will be a lot more equitable to the African advantage. And then economic justice is a lot more sustainable in the long term
1: all right um so quickly now so small countries will also benefit someone sitting let's say in katutura in namibia a country of two million people that person will benefit too
6: it will because nigeria remember namibia is the fourth largest maybe maybe five now fourth largest producer of uranium so it's not just about katutura it's about stock of month, it's about the the tourism every time you do what you do and you are outward looking with regard to trade You'll benefit because 2 million people of Namibia will never make you a multi-billionaire.
1: But the
6: 1.2 billion people of Africa can.
1: All right. Thank you very much for joining us.
6: No problem.
1: Thank you. Right, that's Victor Kumiyesuan, who is the author of Africa is Open for Business. Joining us on the line, we're talking there about the Free Trade Area Pact that has been signed by 44 of the 55 member countries of the African Union. The signing was in Kigali in Rwanda. It took place yesterday. Um, Nigeria, the biggest economy in Africa, has said that they will not be signing this just yet. It is now time for your news headlines. Here's Chola Nethulo.
2: Thank you, Spomalele. Making headlines, the East African Trade Bloc, Intergovernmental Authority on Development IGAD has announced that the next round of talks aimed at reviving South Sudan peace agreement will take place in Ethiopia at the beginning of next month. The World Health Organization has reached out to sixteen African nations, including South Africa, to help help them better prepare and respond to a listeriosis outbreak should it spore over South Africa's borders. And finally, the United Nations Human Rights Council will on Friday, Friday is it, on Friday rather expected to debate four resolutions on Israel's accountability for its systematic violations of international law. This follows a strong message by the by African countries to the international community that Palestinians right to self determination, justice and freedom must be realized. Over Channel Africa, I'm Jolani Tulo.
3: this is indeed a joyous night. We are delighted by the overwhelming support for the African National Congo. <laughs> to the people of South Africa and the world, this is indeed a joyous night for the human spirit. Your help and a party.
2: This year, 2018, marks a hundred years since the birth of South Africa's first democratically elected president Nelson Rolihlahla Mandela join Channel Africa, South Africa's international public service radio station as we celebrate a centenary of the life and times of Madiba join us in a year-long broadcast campaign in honor of Nelson Mandela's legacy through a variety of informative radio programs Channel Africa, celebrating a hundred years of Nelson Mandela from an African perspective.
1: It is 17.32 Central African Time right here on Africa Digest on Channel Africa. As we give you news from an African perspective, my name is Spumele Lezondi with you until 1800 hours Central African Time. On Twitter, it is a Channel Africa 1, that is Channel Africa Numerical 1. Now, while the incidence of drugs, kept to, uh, uh, of, of drugs are set tb 2 which is treat, uh, treated rather with antibiotics has marginally declined in the past decade. Some medical experts in South Africa are concerned about a marked increase in drug-resistant TB in the country. Like many countries around the globe, South Africa is gearing itself up to mark World TB Day this coming Saturday to raise public awareness about the devastating health, social and economic consequences of the lung disease and to step up efforts to end the global TB epidemic. To speak to us more about this, we are now joined on the line by Dr. Tandi Lamini-Midi, who is the DRTB technical advisor at the non-profit organization right to care Hello and welcome to Channel Africa, Tandi.
8: Hello, hi, hi, and hello to the
1: listeners. Now, how would you define a drug-resistant TB?
8: Uh, Drug-resistant TB is TB that will not respond to the normal treatment uh, for for normal drug susceptible TB. So any resistance to uh, rifampicin or isoniazid, which are the two core drugs that we use to treat uh, normal TB. So that is drug-resistant TB.
1: Mm. So Uh it
8: needs uh, other drugs to combat the TB.
1: All right. There is uh, drug-resistant TB, that's DRTB. There's also XTRTB. So how do they differ?
8: Okay. So drug-resistant TB is an all-encompassing term, So which means if there's any resistance to rifampicin or isoniazide, we call that drug-resistant TB. And then uh, if there is resistance to rifampicin, which is actually even the core drug, uh, even above isoniazide, we call that are rifampicin resistant TB, and then uh, within that group of rifampicin resistant TB, we find multi drug resistant TB. That is where you are resistant; the TB is resistant to both the rifampicin and the isoniazide. And then extensively drug resistant TB is where you have the multi drug resistant TB, plus you are still you are now you're now also resistant to the two core groups that we use to treat the multi-drug resistant TB. So it's a very bad situation where you've got very little uh, uh, options to treat your TB.
1: And in South Africa, what worrying trends are you seeing um, with uh, regards to the uh, DRTB?
8: Yes, we've seen that, uh, as you mentioned in your opening, uh, the the, the, the drug-susceptible TB seems to be going down uh, for a variety of issues, one of them being uh, probably the the introduction of ARVs uh, about a decade or so ago. And uh, the issue of uh, drug-resistant TB though is increasing. Um, Yeah, it it has increased uh, quite drastically. Um, uh-huh. uh, whereas in the earlier about a decade ago you'd have like over just over 6,000 uh, diagnosis of drug resist of uh, RRTD and MDR now you have uh, over 19,000 so there is an issue
1: mm, um, and uh, with patients, with regards to patients, um, do you find that they understand that uh, that they have to take medication in order to treat this properly, so it doesn't get exacerbated to even further and more dire forms of TB?
8: Yeah. So uh, you've touched on the, you know, the, the the most important thing. One of the most important things why we have seen this increase uh, has been that some time ago, obviously there was some. A poor adherence to the treatment, to the you know the normal the treatment for the normal TB, and that led to the resistance of uh, of um, this drug-resistant TB. But lately, what we are seeing is also that the if there are delays in diagnosing that you've got now, it's no longer normal TB, it is now drug-resistant TB, and then not being put on treatment fast enough. That has increased, and also issues of infection control, that has increased also the transmission of drug-resistant TB. So it is, uh, So to get back to your question, yes, uh, patients are always ad- advised into You know, the need into being 100% adherent to your treatment, if you have side effects, to report them so that they can be addressed. Because sometimes patients would stop treatment because they're feeling too nauseous or something. And instead of communicating that so that the nausea or something can be addressed, patients sometimes, they would stop treatment. Mm. So.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um. You mentioned people um going to hospitals late or so going to get checked um when it's actually um at an advanced stage. Um. How do we then increase early diagnosis?
8: Yes. Definitely. It's education, awareness about uh, TB. Um. So the 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 symptoms for TB most of the tb that we you know that is transmittable to other people is what we call pulmonary tb so tb that affects the lungs so if people have like a persistent cough if they are hiv negative cough of more than 2 weeks and if they are hiv positive really any cough of any duration and if you have fever prolonged fever for more than 2 weeks you've got drenching night sweats you are seeing that you're losing appetite or you have you know weight loss uh, that you didn't intend to lose your know, otherwise not on a diet, then you need to please present yourself to a healthcare facility so that you can be tested for TB. All
1: right, Dr. And Sandy, yes, yeah,
8: and doc- start the treatment early enough.
1: All right, sure. Um, Dr. Sandil, I thank you very much for joining us.
8: Oh, okay, thank you so much. All right, Bye-bye. Dr.
1: Lamini Miti, there is the DRTB technical advisor at Right2Care in South Africa. In celebration of World Water Day, Procter and Gamble has partnered with Masmot for the second year in a row to raise donations of clean drinking water for needy communities in South Africa until ten April 2018. G N Dublesi, communication manager at Procter and Gamble, says the water crisis narrative in South Africa over the past year has been very much about the quality rather than the rather about the quantity rather than about the quality of water.
5: We are celebrating World Water Day today on the 22nd of March. This is a day that PNG always marks on our calendar and that's because of our Children's Safe Drinking Water Program. The Children's Safe Drinking Water Programme it provides clean drinking water to communities in need and at times of emergency or during disasters. This program has provided over 13 billion litres of clean drinking water all around the world. Right now, we have partnered with MassMart and we have partnered with them in that for every PNG product that is sold at a MassMart store, until 10 April, we will donate one day of clean drinking water to communities who need it in South Africa. So Nassar stores are stores like Gain, Macro, Cambridge, and Jumbo. And P&G products are brands that you are very familiar with, such as Pampers, Ariel, Always, Head and & Shoulders, and Gillette.
3: And uh, why is that the water crisis narrative in South Africa over the past year has been very much about the quantity rather than the quality of this uh, precious source.
5: That's right. You know, we've had a lot of conversations in South Africa about the availability of enough water, and particularly in the Western Cape and parts of the Eastern Cape and the Northern Cape in the last few years. But the other aspect of water that is really, really important is that people need to have access to quality and safe drinking water and the truth is that that is not the reality for many communities all around the world and in South Africa as well and what the importance of that is is that when people don't have access to clean safe drinking water that may often mean that the water that they drink causes them illness or causes them to miss school miss work because they are suffering from waterborne diseases or illnesses caused by poor quality water. And that's why the Children's Safe Drinking Water Program from PNG addresses the issue of safe drinking water, because we know that it can really be a game changer. You know, water is an important resource for all of us. It enables so much. And that's why it's a resource that we should all treat with respect, whether we live in Cape Town or whether we live anywhere else in South Africa or in Africa.
3: How is the accessibility of water by communities in South Africa?
5: So in South Africa, you know, the statistics of South Africa tells us that about 88.8% of households in South Africa have access to piped water. So that means that there are still hundreds of thousands of South Africans that are relying on water from potentially unsafe sources. So that may mean dams or rivers which could be polluted or, you know, it's rivers and dams and water sources that are being used by animals as well as humans. And that means that sometimes that water can be contaminated and where products like the PNG purifier water starts to make sense it is a small sachet that can purify 10 litres of drinking water and you only need a bucket, a spoon and a cloth. and you can use a small teabag size sachet to turn 10 litres of unsafe drinking water into 10 litres of clean, safe drinking water.
3: Talking about water accessibility from a global perspective, what could be said to be the situation in sub-Saharan Africa as compared to other areas of the globe?
5: So we have information from UNICEF that around the world about 660 million people don't have access to an improved water source. So an improved water source is really a water source that can is reliable and gives access to safe drinking water. And that's the situation all around the world. Now, we know that the situation is obviously worse in countries that are less developed and a lot of the least developed countries are all in sub-Saharan Africa. So really this is an area where access to clean drinking water is a critical need and is something that we should all come together to address. Now our program the PNG Children Safe Drinking Water program has provided over 6 billion liters of clean drinking water in sub-Saharan Africa alone. And that is a place where we will continue to invest and we will continue to make a contribution to communities because we know that clean drinking water is such a game changer and really enables access to so much more for people.
3: How long has the Children's Safe Drinking Water Programme been in operation?
5: So this programme was started in 2004 and today we provide clean drinking water for communities in over 90 Countries around the world. We also step in with this program in times of crisis, in times of disaster. So, and this can happen anywhere in the world. You know, it's not just in developing countries where this program can make a difference. So, for example, in recent floods in the United States, in Houston, the Children's Safe Drinking Water Program was there to help communities in need. And You know, in communities in developing countries and and particularly in sub-Saharan Africa, this program comes and we work with our partners to bring the program to communities on an ongoing basis because we know that they don't have access to safe drinking water.
1: GNWC is communications manager at Procter & Gamble, and she was in conversation there with Wandi Le Kalipa. 1745 Central African Time. Here's Usani Matebula with your economics.
4: Thanks, as Pumelele South African President Cyril Ramaphosa has joined 44 other African leaders in signing a declaration towards a free trade agreement in the continent. The agreement seeks to do away with tariffs on regional goods while allowing the free movement of people on the continent. Deputy Director General at the Department of Trade and Industry, Kolelu Amlumbipita.
0: New arrangement will mean that we have access to new market access opportunities mainly in North Africa as well as West Africa. So what it means is that South African traders and exporters will be able to have preferential access into West Africa and mainly North Africa because East Africa is covered by the tripartite free trade agreement between Comesa, EAC and SADC.
4: Naspers is cutting its stake in lucrative Chinese investment Tencent by as much as two percent in a deal that could uh, net the South African media and e-commerce group up to 11 billion US dollars. Naspas said on Thursday that it, it has no plans to reduce its holding further for the next three years. Disappointing some investors who had called for it to spin off its 33% stake in China's biggest internet firm to close the widening gap between its own market value and in the investment under the deal, NaspaSA plans to sell up to 190 million shares, or 2% in 10 cent, via an accelerated book build to raise money that will fund growth in its e-commerce unit. And South Africa's Cape Town International Airport, uh, as for the third consecutive year, won a prestigious prize for best airport in Africa. The announcement was made at the Skytrax World Airport Awards held in Stockholm, Sweden. Spokesperson for the Western Cape Ministry of Economic opportunities. Bianca Capazorio says uh, the latest accolades has proved that the the Cape Town Airport is a world-class destination.
5: We're incredibly proud of this achievement because these awards are voted for by members of the public who have experienced the airport and all that it has to offer. We're also incredibly pleased that we've been placed number 21 in the top 100 airports in the world among excellent competition like Sydney, Copenhagen, Brisbane and Dubai airports.
4: And food company Nestle is working with Kenyan farmers to increase land under coffee cultivation after a drop in production over the years. Kenya's coffee production has peaked at 129,000 tonnes in 1988-1989 season but has dropped steadily due to poor management and global price swings, pushing farmers to switch to other crops or sell their land. Many coffee trees that once stood on the outskirts of uh, the Kenyan capital, Nairobi, have long since been uprooted, replaced by shopping malls and Porsche homes, driving a sharp drop in production of uh, Kenya's premium beans. The trend is worrying for Nestle's partnerships with uh, coffee farmers globally. And the Bangladesh government is uh, holding a series of events in the capital, Dakar, to mark uh, the start of the country's transition from least developed to a developing nation. The process is expected to take six years. The BBC's Jill McGivering has more.
2: Much of Dhaka has come to a standstill as parades cross the city, including a team of 500 costumed roller skaters. The government, which faces elections soon, is hailing this as a time of national celebration, and the country has made impressive progress in many areas of development. But there's also debate about the economic impact of a change in status, which may lead to more investment and readier loans, but also cost the country billions of dollars once it loses preferential treatment.
4: Now your financial indicators: we've got the dollar at eleven point nine two South African rand at nine point four six Botswana pula nine point fifty one Zambian kwacha, also trading at seventy one pence to the British pound and eighty one cents against the euro. Commodities: gold thousand three hundred and twenty nine dollars, platinum nine hundred and fifty seven dollars per fine ounce, and finally the price of Brent crude oil is at sixty nine dollars forty five cents per barrel. That's your economics news.
1: Thanks for Sunny 1750 Central African Time. Your economics here is Mosibu Di Makura.
9: Good evening sports fans. I am Osibu Di Makura with the latest sports news at the SAWA. Bafana Bafana will continue with a Four Nations campaign on Saturday when they take on the host um, Zambia and the final to be played at the Levi Mwanawasa Stadium in Ndola with kickoff set for 3 p.m. Central African Time. Now head coach Sherid Baxter has already promised to start with an entirely different starting lineup and one of the players expected to feature is French-based attacker Keegan Dolly. The former South African under-23 international captain set out Wednesdays. win on penalties against Angola and already knows what to expect in the Copper Belt.
3: I know the atmosphere at that field because I played there before with Sundowns. You know, I know um, what type of crowd they they, they get and um, I played on the field before, but I know it's not going to be easy. You know, it's never easy playing in Africa against the, the home nation in front of their supporters. So for us, it's just to carry on where we, we left off um, yesterday and, you know, just continue. And, you know, we, we, we're building to a new v- vision, you know, we, we, we set goals for ourselves and we're just working hard to, towards achieving that goals. And I think um, winning this tournament would just, um, you know, give us the confidence we need when we, we play the, the important games like the Afghan qualifiers, you know.
9: Barcelona captain Andre Iniesta remains unsure whether he will leave Barcelona this season to move to China. The 33-year-old playmaker last week told local media he had an offer from a Chinese club and said a decision had to be taken on his future before the end of April. Now, Iniesta signed a lifetime contract with Barcelona back in October last year, but uh, his playing time has grown limited due to a combination of injuries and the arrival of Felipe Coutinho from Liverpool. Meanwhile, Manchester United have announced plans to form a women's professional team after long being criticised for lagging behind their rivals. The Premier League giants are the only top-flight club in England without a senior women's team. United have said that they have submitted an application to the Football Association to join the second tier of Women's Super League. Ex-United player and the current England women's head coach Phil Neville recently called on his former club to form a women's team. Minister Tracy Crouch praised Manchester United for finally dragging themselves into the 21st century in the House of Commons earlier today. And finally, Serena Williams is facing a fine after failing to show up at her press conference following her first-round defeat to Naomi Osaka at the Miami Open. The former world number one was making just her second competitive appearance since returning from a 14-month absence due to pregnancy. Unfortunately, the unseeded Williams was drawn against an in-form Indian Wales champion Naomi Osaka. First up and what followed was a rare 6-3-6 to defeat an even rare first round exit. It followed her third round exit against her sister Venus Williams in California last week and it seems Williams is not used to dealing with a lack of success. Now clearly upset about the loss the American decided not to show up at a post-match press conference and is now facing a 1000 dollar fine for not adhering to the tournament's guidelines. Well those are sports news at the Sawa. I'm back with more sports news just before 8pm Central African Time.
4: This is
0: Africa Digest. It is
7: 1755
1: Central African Time. Let's recap our top stories. Zimbabwean elections are targeting younger voters to ensure more credibility. 44 member countries of the African Union signed the African Continental Free Trade Area Pact in Rwanda. And that wraps up Africa Digest for this hour. For myself, Spumel Elezondi, producer Luanda Mawama, technical producer Sihlendro and the rest of the Africa Digest team. Thank you very much for listening. You can send us emails. We are on info at channelafrica.co.za info at channelafrica.co.za On SMS, we're on plus two seven. 763003327 3 0 0 3 3 7. plus 27763003327 7 3 0 0 3 3 7. can also tweet us on channel Africa 1 we leave you with uh, major lazer nssc ice prince jedana and dj maporisa yeah, yeah.
3: oh, they told me everybody's 15 minutes in a different time zone And since I have it at the moment, you the one I wanna shine my light on Get your life, get your life, little mama, won't you get your life on? Ain't nothing cooler than the wrong rules When you them to the right song, the right song Let's shoot this movie and put this shit on repeat I, I hope this movie's aren't making me fall asleep Before we hit the road, put our phones on silent Nobody's trying to bring sand to the beach What would it take to change plans for the weekend? Cause I, am trying to kick it like eating The whole thing, the creep, all the decreases Then we hit the major league with a Jesus. Yeah, I like you, girl, in particular Particular, Say, I like your waist in particular. Uh, yeah. Say, I like you, girl, in particular. Yeah, you in particular. Say I like your waist in particular. Uh, yeah. Here, yeah, give me love one of these days Yeah, I knew the first time I saw you there Yeah, give me love one of these days ha-ha. Got it, got it, got it, go Now you stop it, mommy, you already know, my Got it, baby, got it, got it, go Me, I can't lie, oh I like you, girl, in particular Can I see your particulars? I've been screening you like when I believe you like baby, baby, let's deal with that yeah Particular, Say, I like your waist in particular. Uh-huh. Yeah. Say, I like you, get in particular. Yeah. You in particular, Say, I like your waist in particular. Uh-huh. Yeah.